Hey, my name is J.D. Larson, one of the pastors at North City Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. I hope this inspires and equips you to love God more deeply and to love your neighbor as yourself. At North City, our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, and we hope this message emboldens you to do just that in whatever space God has sent you to. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch with the conversations North City is having. And if you want to find out more about our community, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or online at NorthCityChurchMPLS.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of North City Church's podcast. We're uh, excited to bring you a bonus episode today that is a conversation between Pastor Christian Ann and Dr. Ann Garenbeck Shim, who is a psychologist and a professor in Boston. They are going to have a conversation about mental health in a pandemic. And uh, Dr. Uh, Garenbeck Shim is going to share with you uh, over this podcast, um, some simple ways, simple practices that you can engage in cultivating mental health in this time. You know it's so important in these isolating times uh, to have a conversation about this. So this was actually a conversation that took place on Facebook Live last week, but we thought we'd bring it to you in this format as well so you can engage with it. If you have any questions after this podcast, feel free to email us at hello at northcitympls.com. We'll do our best to answer those questions for you. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Um, Hope you're safe and hope you're well. Well, um, Anne, why don't you just start by like sharing a little bit more. So Anne and I are actually cousins. So North City Church and whoever else may be joining us. Um, Anne and I are actually cousins. She came and visited our church. Gosh, was that like, yeah. Um, yeah. Would you just share a little bit more about like how you got into the field that you're in and kind of what you're <laughs> passionate about, Anne, in terms of the work that you do? Sure, sure. So I, I'm a clinical psychologist. I work in the Boston area. I live outside of Boston, but most of the work I do is actually in the city of Boston. Although at the moment, this is where I am all the time in my office in the basement of my home, because of course we're in quarantine too. Um, but in real life, um, I, I teach college level classes. Um, I work at a special needs school in Boston and I provide mental health services to teenagers there, but I also consult to the school program itself and I supervise a lot of training psychologists and then this office where I am right now is my home office for private clients so I do see private clients out of my home too so do a little bit of a lot of things but yeah I've I've, you know been um, I went to school at Boston University that's how I moved to Boston and I've been here for 30 something years so been here a long time Uh, you guys a lot of Minnesota roots though you and your husband, David, give me some hope that you can both be in the same profession, like a helping profession, like JD and I are pastors, and your kids turn out okay. <laughs> Since you're both psychologists. Yeah, yeah I know. You I know, our poor kid. kids, two psychologists as parents, it's kind of scary. <laughs> That's what I think about my kids having <laughs> so We can start praying for them as we probably, yeah. you know, you had people praying for your kids. 
Right, right. Well, um, as people join us or as people jump on Facebook and watch, um, we I just sort of thought it would be great to hear some some advice and some things to be aware of um, from a psychology perspective. And um, this is just such an un, unprecedented time and strange space that we're in with this self-isolating and um, kind of living in the ambiguity of not knowing when all this is going to end. And we're just not created for that type of ambiguity as humans. And so I just thought, you know, it would be great to have someone come in and share a little bit more. Um, and Anne, I'd love for you to sort of take it from here. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, it's absolutely an unprecedented time. There are going to be books written about this time. We are living a social psych experiment, every one of us, every single day right now. It's, it's nuts. It's completely nuts. Um, I will not even pretend to say that I have any kind of definitive, uh, you know, answers on how to survive a pandemic because, you know, I'm living it just like you guys are, but, um, I have, uh, just been sort of reflecting a lot on how, you know, how to kind of get through day to day, but also as I work with my own clients, my own supervisees who work with their clients. So I'm kind of seeing this in all kinds of different levels, of course, as well as, you know, my own loved ones and friends and how they're coping. And, um, and, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what, what is, you know, what are the necessary ingredients to manage in this strange new world that we're in the middle of, you know? Um, and uh, just, you know, kind of observing my own processes and my family's processes, but also kind of thinking about, you know, what, what are the things that we have to be really intentional about incorporating into our lives right now? Um, because, and many of those things are things that we have to do in very different types of ways, um, like Zoom calls instead of like actually seeing people for real, <laughs> you know? Um, so it is certainly a timely topic, I would say. <laughs> um, so I, I uh, just to bind my own anxiety, I guess, a little bit, I uh, put together a little tiny PowerPointy thing, but I figured everybody's probably Zoomed and PowerPointed up the yin-yang, so I'm not trying to bore you. Um, but just to, just to give you some little maybe tidbits to hold on to and take with you. So when Christian Ann asked me to do this little talk, um, I thought, gosh, she, she, she put on her blurb four points, four mental health points to carry you through the quarantine. And I was like, four, wow, pressure's on, four, four, four. I got to think of something with four. Um, and so the first thing that came to my mind was uh, a concept called self-compassion. And um, self-compassion is exactly what it sounds like, okay? And so basically what it means is um, can we take the very same compassion that we would extend to someone else and see if we can give ourselves a teeny tiny bit of that, okay? Um, so I want to give full credit. The, the uh, concept of self-compassion has been really unbelievably researched by a woman by the name of Kristen Neff. 
you can go on her website. She's got tons and tons and tons of really wonderful practices and, and uh, research about self-compassion and what, what it involves and, um, and uh, what, how it helps people. Um, but there are three core elements of self-compassion. And the three core elements um, are here, mindfulness, common humanity, and self-kindness. And then because Christian Ann put the pressure on and said I had to have four talking points, I was like, oh man. So I came up with the fourth one. I called it creation, but I'll tell you what that means in a minute. Um, so coming back to this idea of self-compassion. Um, so let me tell you why I think this is so important right now. It's a wonderful and very powerful practice that can be life-changing at any time. But I think it's even more important right now during the pandemic. Um, and that is because, I don't know if any of you guys had this experience, but when the quarantine first hit and people were asked to stay home and shelter in place and not go into their workplaces and, you know, keep everyone at home and um, only go to the grocery store when you absolutely needed to and so forth, so forth, so forth. Um, all of a sudden, everybody was like, hey, this is an opportunity. I'm going to clean all my closets. I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to, you know, redo my whole yard. I'm going to do, you know, blah, 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 right? Um, and, and that lasted about a day and a half, as far as I could tell, <laughs> you know. Um, but everybody had all these crazy ideas of how productive they were going to be you know, with this newfound time, gee, I don't have a commute anymore because I'm in my house, right? Or, um, you know, I can't go to work anymore. Or, um, you know, my kids don't have to go to piano lessons anymore or whatever it is, right? And I'm going to have all this extra time. I'm going to get all these things done. And that's great. If you did it, wonderful. That's fantastic. Good for you. And I think a whole lot of people, certainly myself included, we're feeling totally overwhelmed, um, either having to revamp their entire work life to be remote, which is something I had to do, um, to, uh, you know, worrying nonstop about loved one's health or having to manage like Christian Ann and JD are little kids while they're also working and um, you name it. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of all the different things that have turned upside down. And um, not to mention the, the self-isolation, the, you know, the, the very worries about this disease and what it's going to mean. And the fact that it's so open-ended of how long this is going to go on. And will we ever return to normal? Who knows what's going to be normal? You know, I, I've noticed even just in the seven plus weeks that this has been going on, um, I think many, many people have thought, okay, by now we should be used to this, right? By now we should have a routine. By now we should have this figured out. And we don't, right? We don't feel normal. We don't feel like we know what we're doing. You know, um, it's just, it's just weird. It's just plain old weird.
And um, so rather than having a standard way up here that says, I'm, this is what I need to achieve in order to be productive, in order to feel like my day's been successful, in order to feel like I accomplished something, in order to, you know, not beat me, beat myself up for going, you know, going back to the snack drawer one more time. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think we all, you know, could use a little bit of self-compassion in our lives to take the heat off of ourselves just a little bit in this time when we've literally turned ourselves inside out to operate in a very, very different way. Um, so what are these three elements of self-compassion? Okay, so the first one is mindfulness. Well, they're not in any order. So the first one that's on the slide here, they're not in any particular order. Um, so mindfulness, usually when people think of mindfulness, they think of like, oh, you know, I'm gonna sit out and sit in a dark room on a little cushion and, you know, meditate and, you know, get in touch with the universe, get in touch with God, whatever. Um, and that's fine. And if that's a practice that you have, prayer, meditation, quiet time, reflection, you know, breathing meditation, um, that's wonderful. And that's absolutely wonderful. And that's not the only way to practice mindfulness. What mindfulness, or at least one definition of mindfulness, is being aware in the present moment. So that's just one way to think about it. If um, any of you have taken a yoga class, you may, might have heard your yoga teacher say, okay, focus on your breathing. And if you notice your mind drifting off to, gee, what do I have to pick up at the grocery store on the way home, right? Um, if you notice your mind drifting off into some other thoughts, just bring it back to your breath and focus on your breath, right? So that's a very active practice of being mindful, right? No judgment, nothing wrong. If your mind drifts off elsewhere, it's perfectly okay. Just see if you can pull it back to the present moment, okay? So it's being aware and noticing what's happening to you in the present moment. Again, if you have a house full of, of little kids or elders that you're taking care of, you know what I mean? Or dogs that have to go outside or, you know, Zoom calls that you're late for or whatever. You might be thinking, oh my gosh, mindfulness, are you kidding me? You know what I mean? I'm lucky if I brush my teeth this morning, you know? Again, it does not require like solitude for 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Sitting on a cushion. All, um, all it really means is taking a moment to notice what's happening to you, you know? Um, and so that's all that mindfulness means. Mindful awareness, mindful presence, awareness of the present moment, whatever, whatever phrase kind of makes, makes sense to you. Um, you know, things and situations get carried away but if we can um, bring ourselves into the present moment, it can be extremely powerful to not be like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do X, Y, Z, right? That's in the past, right? Or, oh my gosh, I still need to do X, Y, Z. That's in the future. 
I read or I heard I heard a statistic. So again, I don't know how true it is, but I think it's probably fairly accurate that something like somewhere between 75 to 90 percent of our conscious thoughts are either focused on past events, things that have already happened, or planning for the future. So that leaves only somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25% max is centered in the present moment, you know? Um, and, you know, so again, what's past is past, right? And of course we need to plan and, you know, prepare for the future, but we don't want to be living in the future, you know? Um, I know for myself, sometimes and certainly a lot lately because the days are blending into each other but um when i when i realize that i'm thinking it's thursday but it's only wednesday or whatever then i'm like okay wait a minute <laughs> my life is getting too stressful because i'm living a day or two ahead you know what i mean um and so let me just pull it on back you know to what's happening in this moment in time okay um and how does this how does this connect to this idea of, of self-compassion? Well, if stressful events are happening to us, and I don't know, I don't know about you, but I feel like this whole month and a half has been literally a roller coaster ride of emotions. Everything from intense sadness to anxiety to uh, frustration to rage to confusion, to, um, you know, what day is it, to I'm going to go stark raving stir crazy if I'm in my house for one more second, if it's a rainy day, you know, and things like that. Um, so when those overpowering emotions um, or circumstances or situations are like engulfing us, it can be extremely empowering believe it or not to notice them and name them and going I'm, I'm 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 about to like scream right now i'm so upset you know or um you know i'm so tired i just need to go to sleep right now or whatever it is you know just to kind of name what's happening and being mindful of the present moment you know am i going to be productive if i fight sleep and just try to get a little bit more paperwork done Probably not, you know? Um, so that's that's what that mindfulness is all about, is like just sort of like recognizing the, uh, the emotion of the moment, so to speak, and um, not necessarily fighting it or not necessarily beating yourself up about why did you have that emotion, um, but just going, yeah, I'm pouring down in tears right now. I think I'm really sad you know, um, or whatever. Okay. So that's, that's the mindfulness component. Um, common humanity. Um, what this means in terms of how it ties into self-compassion is that as, you know, as part of the human race, right. As being a human being here on planet earth, humans, have suffering we have challenges every single one of us 
we have different challenges. I'm not trying to say that there aren't people that have greater and, you know, greater privilege or, um, you know, greater opportunities. Of course, I'm not saying that everybody has the same challenges and the same struggles. Um, but by virtue of being a human being, there's days that really, really stink, you know, and you are not alone. You are not the only one who's struggling. You are, you know, um, by, by, you know, absolutely for sure, you are not the only person, you know, who's dealing with whatever struggle is on your plate at the moment. Um, and, you know, I think right now, I mean, just by virtue of like, what I see on Facebook when I scroll through, you know, um, it seems like everyone is trying to grapple with this crazy life that we're living right now, you know, in their own way and posting, whether they're posting funny videos or they're posting like, you can't believe what I just did. I just did blah, 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 blah. You know, um, everyone's trying to make sense of stuff that doesn't make sense, you know? So everyone's struggling right now. You're definitely not alone, you know? And, and then the third component um, of self-compassion is this idea of self-kindness. And when I teach this to kids, I focus on self-kindness. Um, because this one is the one that's the easiest and the hardest. It's the easiest to understand and it's the hardest to do is this is my anecdotal, uh, you know, sort of opinion on this. But so what is self-kindness? Well, it's exactly what it says. It's being kind to yourself. Okay. And when I sort of teach this to clients and this could be younger clients, teenagers, or it could be adults. Um, I oftentimes point, I have a chair, you know, several chairs in my office, but I oftentimes point to an empty chair and I say, you know, hey, if you had a friend who was struggling with this very same thing, whatever it is that they're struggling with, right? And, um, and your friend was here and your friend was telling you about, oh, this thing happened. And then I had this happen to me and then learned about this and then, you know, et cetera. And their tale of woe that is what this person's dealing with. Um, and your friend was here and telling you all these things, what would you do? And without, without exception, everybody I've ever asked that question to has always been like, oh my gosh, I would say, oh no, that's awful. Are you okay? What can I do to help you? I'm so sorry. You know, is there anything I can do? You know, everybody would extend compassion and care and kindness and concern and help and et cetera, right? To their friend and so then the question becomes can we give even just a tiny sliver of that same care and kindness and compassion and comfort that we would give to someone else to ourselves and it's hard it's hard to do we're usually pretty critical of ourselves. We're usually pretty hard on ourselves. You know, we're usually pretty 
like we hold ourselves to a higher standard sometimes than we hold anybody else, you know? Um, and um, so it sounds easy, but it's not, you know? So here, so why am I belaboring these points? Well, the one thing that's really, really cool about self-compassion is it literally is a practice um, just like practicing yoga or just like praying or just like I'm learning how to play guitar, practicing the guitar, right? Um, just like anything that you practice, just like going to the gym whenever the gyms open up again, you know, and lifting weights, right? You don't start with the 500-pound weights, right? You start with the 10-pounders or the 5-pounders, you know what I mean? You start low, but each time you try it, you get a little bit stronger and you get to do a little bit more reps. You know what I mean? Um, and so every time that you bring your attention to the present moment, you're practicing mindfulness. You know, each time you stop and go, wait a minute, I'm not the only person struggling with this. I'm not alone. Other people have this problem too. You know, every time that you say, oh my God, if my friend was dealing with this, I would be the first one to offer a helping hand. Maybe I could just give myself a teeny tiny bit of that care. You know, that's, you're practicing each of those elements. So each time you practice it, it gets a little bit easier. And you're literally changing the neural pathways in your brain if you really want to go deep, <laughs> you know, because each time you practice that self-care, you are allowing yourself to then be more likely to do that the next time and not beat yourself up or not criticize yourself or not, you know, give yourself grief for, you know, not doing the dishes and then you wake up the next morning and the dirty dishes are in the sink or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we've all been there, you know? Um, and then creation so i just added a fourth one again blaming it on christian ann because she said i had to have four talking points <laughs> um so i was like well, what else could i say that might be you know kind of fun and i think that they're in this time where we're stuck inside and we're stuck and our lives are like in a little box just like a zoom screen you know um i i've been noticing that you know, it's very powerful to think about creating something. And that could be creating um, a piece of art. Like I have, I have some clients who've been doing a lot of painting. Actually, my middle daughter um, is doing a lot of painting at the moment. You know, um, I like to, I like to cook. So I've been doing a lot of cooking, you know, and that's been, um, sort of a creative thing. I've been bringing little gift care packages to, to friends and just dropping them on their porch and saying, go out to your front porch because it's a little care package for you, you know? And, um, you know, uh, I've been trying to learn how to play guitar, which has been really, really fun, you know, um, something I've wanted to do my whole life. Um, and again, it's not like a pressurizing thing, not like, oh, wow, I think I'll, you know, do something useful, productive with my time. It's more of that, like it's healing to do something that feels like you're creating. It doesn't have to be a thing. 
it could be creating space it could be creating a little tiny bit of space in your day to play with your dogs you know what i mean or play with your kids you know um or uh or creating time for a, a rest how crazy is that you know um it could be you know creating connections maybe there's people that have you know fallen out of your life that you just want to reconnect with so maybe it's creating you know a, a text you know chain back and forth with them when you haven't spoken to them in a while or you know it doesn't have to be a thing it doesn't have to be like a work of art the reason i put a box of popcorn here tell you my little popcorn uh, motif is um i've been so i go to yoga very very faithfully every saturday morning but my gym is closed of course right now so no yoga class um so i've been just calling my yoga teacher and we talk on the phone every saturday morning instead of going to class and she's just the most wonderful human being i just love her and um you know we've been talking about this crazy time that we're in and she says you know what we gotta dig deep she goes we all gotta we all gotta be part of the popcorn theory and i was like popcorn theory what the heck is the popcorn theory and she goes, well, you know, inside every kernel of corn, before it pops, there's a tiny drop of moisture. And then when stress, which is the heat, right, you know, um, affects that kernel, that moisture is what has to pop out in order for the corn to become popcorn. And she's like, we all got to dig deep and find what's that reservoir within ourselves that helps us in stress to become who we need to be, you know? And I was like, oh man, all right, I'm stealing that, stealing that. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, so I, I just think we all need to find ways to find a little piece of ourselves that maybe we forgot what it was. You know, maybe it was from when we were a little kid, you know, that we haven't even been in touch with. Um, so those are my four talking points. But then I thought about four others. So I'm going to throw them out there. These are more open-ended. These are more like you can think about these. Um, so here's my other four. Um, these are different ways to think about self-care and coping strategies. Um, I got to credit my colleague Kate Patton Regal for these because I thought this was brilliant. So of course I stole it. Um, and so the way she categorizes these are coping strategies come in many different shapes and sizes, right? So her four little categories are strategies that are in anticipation of a potentially stressful time or just maybe a busy time so this is here's an example I'm just gonna give you guys an example but I want you to think of ones of your own um, so an example would be um, you know okay again back to real life once we're leaving the house um, you know you have an early morning so you lay your clothes out and you iron your clothes the night before and you pack your lunch so that you can just get up get dressed and out the door you go right that's uh, an in anticipation kind of a, a checklist, right? That kind of prepares you in advance 
for what what's coming right so you kind of have your ducks in a row in you know um ahead of time okay um and it, again it kind of gives you a little bit of work to do on the front end but it might relieve stress in the moment okay um in your pocket those are things that you can do when a stressful event occurs on the fly right so whether that's counting to 10 whether that's taking a big deep breath whether that's giving yourself a time out whether that's you know um, oh, I think I'm going to take the trash outside right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Boom. Need to get out of the house for a second. Whatever, right? Those are in your pocket strategies. Like how can you give yourself a tiny moment to pause and reflect and not maybe explode or whatever? Um, which we all need those, right? And then the preventative category, these are like... Um, the healthy habits that your mom tells you to do, right? These are like, get your rest, hydrate, you know, um, eat well, you know, call your mother every once in a while, right? All these different things, right? Um, you know, uh, exercise, you know, um, take some quiet time to pray and meditate, you know, uh, get out in the fresh air and sunshine, right? All of these things are preventative things, right? They're like baseline. They keep us healthy. Um, and then restorative, those are like when things have been really bad, what can you do to recuperate on the back end? You know, like, okay, well, that was horrible. Now, what do I need to do to just get yourself back to baseline, you know, and, and help yourself restore? Um, so now I'll leave you with a little poster that I love. <laughs> and I give this out to my clients all the time. <laughs> um, these are all the superheroes that we need in our lives, right? All the time. Right around now, during COVID, we have to be a little more creative in how we get them sometimes because, you know, like social activity, got to do it through Zoom or something, right? You know, um, exercise, got to do it by walking or doing yoga in your living room, right? <laughs> you know, we're running up and down the stairs a little bit or something, um, et cetera. So some of these we have to be a little more creative with now, but they're still really important. Hey, this is Pastor Christian Ann of North City Church. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. We hope you feel more empowered to love your neighbors in the way of Jesus. If you have thoughts or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message on our website, northcitychurchmpls.com backslash sermons. Learn more about the North City community there as well. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. A special thanks goes out to Ben Noble for the music on this podcast. If you haven't heard Ben Noble's music yet, check it out at bennoblemusic.com. Let me send you into your day with this blessing. May God give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear all that God is doing in the world around you. And may he give you the courage to respond. Amen.